Welcome to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And I am Jay Kyle Mann of The Dime Drop, and you also see my work on The Ringer. And together we are going to be here every day, Monday through Friday. I was going to say talking the cats, but I got tired of that old uh, spiel. Uh, but we are going to be doing that uh, every day. This is the end of our first week, Kyle. Um, we've made it through five, five Five whole episodes together. We did it. It was a slog, but we did. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> they almost got us uh, the FCC. I don't think overseas podcast, but uh, I think just, they almost got. I think they almost got involved just on your behalf yesterday. But uh, I hid under the covers this morning and uh, <laughs> waited for them to go away. Uh, uh, we, uh, but we did survive, and we've gotten you all to uh, game day. Uh, if you're listening to this on uh, Friday morning, you are. Um, just 24 hours from kickoff of the college football season. Uh, we're rapidly approaching some basketball stuff happening. We're going to cover all that today. We'll start out uh, going through the schedule, as we promised, uh, game by game, making our picks. Uh, we're also going to talk to you a little bit about Big Blue Madness visitors. Kentucky added a fairly significant one uh, yesterday. And uh, we'll close with maybe a grab bag. We're going to talk a little bit about DeMarcus Cousins because there's more news there, and it is not good for him. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Kyle, it is uh, football, almost game day. Um, Season started tonight, actually, right? Well, week zero. Yeah, as we're recording is, here on Thursday night, week zero was like two games. Less calories. Uh, yeah. A bad, a bad, yeah, a bad Florida-Miami game, uh, although competitive, and a fantastic Hawaii game. Uh, Hawaii, Arizona. Did you see, like, at least see the highlights of how how that game went down and how it ended? Wasn't it a, like a big time shootout? From what I heard, yeah, it was a crazy shootout. And then it went the last play of the game. Uh, Khalil Tate, the star quarterback for Arizona, like takes off like from thirty eight yards out, running on the last play of the game, no time on the clock, and the, is tackled from behind at the one as time expires. To oh save the man, game. the old McNair, huh? It wouldn't no, it was uh, Dyson, right? That was on the one. Well, it was McNair to Dyson and and tackled at the one. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was watching that. Uh, was that your team uh, back in the day? That would have been right. Well, near sweet spot. I, yeah, you know they're kind of my team now, I guess, because I'm from there. But uh, I actually covered that Titans team. It was crazy. I was in college um, and working at the the local newspaper, and they let me go up and cover Titans home games. So I had covered like all their games that year. They had just moved to Nashville. When you weren't recovering from getting punched in the forehead, you mean you were going? To- <laughs> yeah, no, I hadn't transferred to Western Kentucky yet. At that point, I did two years at uh, the Flies Open. Let's go pee right. in my hometown, and then transferred yeah. to Western the last two years. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was a crazy. That is one of the craziest finishes you'll ever see. That uh, that Titans game. It still haunts uh, my dad and many other Titans fans. Anyway, yeah. 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 This is how we. This is how we get to like thirty. We're on topic. Episodes. We're on topic. Here we go, folks. Buckle up and get ready for some on-topic discussion. No nonsense. That's right. We're gonna breeze through it. I'm not gonna tolerate any diversions. Yeah. Or digressions from Kyle Mann. So here we go. Starting week one, that is right now. Toledo at home. I don't think we need to waste much time on this. I think we both agree. Kentucky beats Toledo to open the season. Two touchdowns, I'd say. Yes, I think. Well, we'll give our we'll give a score prediction at the end. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah. on, on this on this opener, uh, Eastern Michigan in week two at home. I don't think we need to spend a whole lot of time on that one either. 
Maybe we do. Stop me if I'm wrong. I'm I'm taking Kentucky by you know comfortable margin in that one as well. Yep. So I've got them two and zero. You've got them two and zero. This is the one where we'll decide. Uh, we'll probably decide what what each of us really thinks about this team. Florida at home in week three, coming off the end of the streak last year, thirty one years in a row losing, finally broke it. Do they do they start a winning streak, Jay Kyle man? Big feel good game if you can take this one. I'm gonna say that. Oh man, I'm always wrestling between the, uh, the my natural pessimistic just sort of uh, viewpoint, but uh, you know pessimism. I think self preservation is the heart of pessimism. I would say, and I'm gonna just go ahead and say that Kentucky's gonna win that one in a close one. That's what I'm gonna say because Florida wasn't that impressive. You know they. You know anyway. You know, I, I, I kind of waffled on this one for the reason you said, like, you know, Felipe Franks you know, came out certainly talking and acting like he was God's gift. I didn't think he looked much better personally through what we have three touchdowns and three picks, I think. Uh, whew, Florida's defense looked pretty stout. I don't know if it's because Miami's just a train wreck, but they had 10 sacks in that game. Um so I and and there's just so much history. <laughs> uh, it's gone wrong so many times because it's at home. I'm tempted, but I'm going to say Kentucky loses that one. So I'll 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 diverge from you here. So two and one for me, three and zero oh for you at Mississippi State in week four. What you got? Uh, like we talked about uh, the other day, I think Mississippi State's going to have. Uh, I think you know the aftermath of that game last year. I think some things were said. Uh, you know, Cash came out and said some things as he is apt to do. Uh, down there, they can get a pretty raucous environment going. I think Mississippi State's going to have something for UK, uh, as will the next opponent. But I think Kentucky's going to lose that one in a close one down there. All right, so you've got them three and one now, and I'll have them at three and one because I think they go down there and win. I just don't. I don't know that I think Mississippi State's going to be all that good. Um, but you know, they they lost to Kentucky by a wide margin. A year ago, and they don't have the the star quarterback back. So um, I'll say they win that one. Week five at South Carolina. What you got? Uh, I think that they're going to. This one's tough. I don't know. I, I feel these three. Well, these were the in my tier of. Uh, I think it was was this tier two could go any either way. Uh, yep. Man, I just don't feel confident about it. Uh, you get down there. What's the uh, What's the 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 shriek the uh, the the gamecock like the the chicken shriek? What's that oh, sound yeah. that they play? <laughs> gobble gobble! Yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, there's sandstorm. Brett, Brett, our friend Brett Dawson's favorite uh, anthem, which is a, just a brain melting uh, yeah. song. But. Yeah, I would rather put on gasoline clothes and lay down in a fire. Yeah, that's that's kind of. <laughs> I would rather do that than right. listen to that. Uh, I would say, I think they're going to drop that one too. Yeah, okay. Well, we agree on that. I think they win at Mississippi State uh, and then lose at South Carolina. Um, and it won't shock me if it goes if, if those are flipped or if they lose them both. Those are two tough road games. That's a, a brutal three-game stretch. It's really going to really tell us is. something. Florida at home, at Mississippi State, at South Carolina. That's not brutal. I mean, brutal. But it's a, it's a, a tough 
stretch. I think they lose to South Carolina because it's on the road, because that place will be crazy, and because they've lost five straight. South Carolina has lost five straight to Kentucky, and it yeah. is driving them crazy. Their fans are, are like irate about it. Like, how can we lose to Kentucky? Who loses yeah. to Kentucky? Five games, you know, and it, that makes Kentucky fans mad. Like, who do you think you are? You've They're lost to bring- us five times in a row. They're going to bring like a Death Star like effort, you know, like with the Death Star weapon. That's they're going to put all their energy behind that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. You could play well in those three games and still go zero and three. Like it's definitely like a go either way kind of a deal, considering the circumstances. I think they'd feel. I think, you know, when we've talked about the larger context of the season, like what it'll take for people to still feel good about the program at the end of it. In that context, like I think even going one and two would be a win. To get out of that, because then you're then you're above 500. You go and you play in Arkansas, which means it's probably a win at home, and that's the next game we'll talk about. That gets you, you know, keeps you above 500 in the first half of the season. Um, if you go one and even one and two in that stretch, so sixth game halfway point, home against Arkansas, which went two and ten last season. What do you got? Uh, they they're gonna win that one. I think they're gonna take care of business. Yeah. Yeah, they better. I mean, I think they better. So I think, I think we both in through different routes have them at four and two, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I have them dropping both the road games. Yeah, yeah, I have them losing Florida and losing at South Carolina. I think we'll probably both agree on this next one at Georgia. Um, you know, if everything goes great in that stretch of of the games we just talked about, you enter this game again. It's not as late in the season, but you enter this game again, feeling like you're in the East race. Um, but I, the way Georgia is loaded up to be, continue to be Alabama of the East and to play this game on the road and, you know, and Kentucky with this historic team last year, couldn't, and, and going into that game, you know, in November, a, a play-in game, win and you go to the SEC championship game at, at home and couldn't muster really even a competitive, very competitive game. I can't see them going to Georgia this year with less, Less ammunition than they had a year ago and winning. It always just felt like they were two or three plays away from making it competitive. You know, it's like they had the right. opportunities and Florida's backs or not Florida. Georgia's backs are just unbelievable. I won't say what type of backs they are, but they definitely are that type of back. And uh, <laughs> I mean, the, the, the talent level was just uh, you got to look at it. You got to look at it that day because it was like Kentucky had a really, you know, discipline. You know, uh, just a, a good group of guys that were playing, you know, playing well together. We, it was a co- cohesive team that uh, seemed to like each other and, and gelled well. And Georgia just came in and the, and the discrepancy was just uh, it was it was very noticeable. So I don't think they're going to win that one. I think that one's Georgia might try to prove a point. Who knows? They might just, you know, stomp the crap out of Kentucky in that one. Well, yeah, they're still they're still so angry that Kentucky claimed that uh, Eddie, Eddie Grant had an <laughs> offer to be their offensive coordinator. Um, might be a fight in the press box between the the warring uh, hometown medias. Uh, next, we got a couple home games in a row here. Uh, Missouri and Tennessee. Uh, I'm going to just take these together. I think they beat Missouri. I think that would be five in a row against Missouri. I, I don't, I, you know, everybody's all fired up because Missouri has the, the Clemson transfer, Kelly Bryan at quarterback, uh, but sort of losing track, uh, losing sight of the fact that he's replacing like one of the best quarterbacks they've ever had and drew Locke, uh, and, and he didn't beat Kentucky. So, um, I think they win that game at home against Missouri. 
I'm going to say they lose at home against Tennessee because I just think there's a hex. I mean, almost it's almost as bad as as the Florida yeah. curse, um, and so, and in some ways worse because there are, there have been so many years like Florida's not often been very bad. There have been years where where Tennessee's been god awful, yeah. and last year was one of them. You know, I think it's 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 weird when you go ten and three when you're Kentucky and it's a, it's you know your best season in 41 years to have anything that you're particularly miffed about i think people kind of like can forgive not being able to beat georgia and win the east uh but to be that to have that good of a team that historic of a team and not be able to beat uh, an entirely mediocre or maybe less than mediocre tennessee team was i think just baffling to people and it wasn't even close um yeah that was a headache of a game there's there's just some kind of weird thing in I, it feels like in uh, in these this program's head about Tennessee more more so to me really even than Florida because even as that streak continued to go on like Kentucky was playing these competitive games like chipping away it felt like they were getting closer uh, to Florida and it's like they that doesn't really happen with Tennessee so I'm gonna even though I think Kentucky is probably better than Tennessee uh, I'm gonna say they lose that so they split those two what are your thoughts uh, I'll flip flop it. I'll say I think they might lose to Missouri and then beat Tennessee. So we'll go opposite just for fun. We should probably uh, lump these last three together because we're almost at 14 minutes in our first second. Oh, God, we just can't help ourselves. All right, at Vanderbilt, Tennessee Martin at home and Louisville at home. I'm going to say they sweep those three games. I just don't think Vanderbilt's very good, and and it's not like Nashville's an intimidating road environment. You better beat Tennessee Martin. And Louisville, as we mentioned, got drilled by Kentucky in their home building last year. Yep. I went 2-10. and ten. I think they'll be better under a new coach, but not good enough yet to hang with Kentucky and, and could be severely, severely depleted by the end of the year. They don't have much depth as it is. I think Kentucky wins that one again. Finishes the season on a three-game winning streak. That gets me to 8-4. and four. I've mentioned that I thought that was where they'd be. Uh, are you at 8-4 and four too? Yeah, I am. Uh, I didn't predict that in our other thing, but that's where I ended up when I looked uh, between the lines here. So eight and four, different paths to get there, but we'll see who ends up being right about the path. I think Kentucky fans by any route would be thrilled, and so would Mark Stoops to be eight and four in a rebuilding quote-unquote year. Let's take a break. All right. Well, maybe we should just like uh, it. It's fine. let's talk really fast and make ourselves stop because we we just apparently cannot cannot help ourselves you're just uh, a windbag man no that's for sure i mean i i'm just a rambler my wife you're gonna be that old see. dude at yeah, my wife you're gonna be that old guy at uh dairy queen who like the sizzler now like, <laughs> when they come in and you'll have like a coffee like a 32 ounce coffee in front of you and like a, a plate of like uh uh, biscuits and gravy and you'll have like an old Carhartt jacket and you'll just eye down whoever comes in. My kids don't call. That's going to be you. So anyway. No one wants to talk. No one wants to initiate conversation with me because they know they'll never get out. That's me. Uh, that's already me. I'm, you know, it's me right now. Okay. Exactly. Back on task, Jay Kyle, man. This is not my fault. It's yours. Madness visitors. Yes, October 11th is Big Blue Madness. Uh, the list is growing. I think it's going to be another really impressive list. It already has some impressive names. So we'll first we'll say we'll tell you who's on it. Uh, Cade Cunningham, the number two player in 2020, six six point guard, really good. Might be the best player in the country. 
Josh Christopher, number nine in the country, a 6'5 shooting guard. This is an interesting one. He's taking an unofficial for madness and coming back again for an official visit. So, you know, we've said Kentucky's considered in great shape with Josh Christopher. I think that'll tell you how good a shape they're in. That he's, he's got two visits um, and he's not using up his official to come to madness. Wants to, I think, come to a game. Uh, JJ Trainer, I think. The now top 100 player from Bardstown, 6'8 power forward, son of a former Cardinal and McDonald's All-American. Uh, fast rising dude. He doesn't have a Kentucky offer yet, but is trying to get one. Uh, he's either, I've seen different reports and I, don't, I haven't seen anything definitive. He's either coming for Madness or he's coming the next week for the Blue-White game, I believe, uh, on an unofficial visit. Uh, and then the last one that we know of, 2021 prospect Paolo Banchero, and he is fantastic. He is a really, really good player. I don't know if you've watched him much yet, much yet Kyle. He's a number four player in that class, 6'9 kid from Seattle. He was the MVP of the MPPA Top 100 camp in June. Um, he also has official visits scheduled to North Carolina, Duke, Tennessee, and Gonzaga already. 2021 20, 20, kid taking official visits. So um, Anywhere he wants to go. Yeah, anywhere he wants to go, he can go. Yeah, that's the official list. I should also note, we mentioned, I think, already, but uh, Isaiah Jackson, a 6'9", 2020 kid, a uh, five-star kid, is visiting this weekend. Um, but um, other potential visitors to which would make this madness group ridiculous, Jalen Green, number three player in the class. Kentucky's in a very good spot with him, and I think there's a decent chance he shows up to madness. Lance Ware, uh, who I think Kentucky is probably the leader for, 6'9", kid, out of New Jersey. Um, he has scheduled a bunch of fall visits, Michigan, Miami, Ohio State, and Providence uh, in the next month, but he has the Madness weekend open on his schedule, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him. And then I wonder if Terrence Clark from 2021, who is really likely to reclassify and now has 100% UK predictions uh, in both the 247 Crystal Ball and the Rivals, sort of Rivals version of the Crystal Ball. Um Corey Evans, who is a, I think, really plugged-in guy, has also predicted Kentucky for him. I'll be interested to see if maybe he shows up at Madness. Um, if they could get Green and Terrence Clark with that group of guys, elite guys that are already coming, um, there's a chance that, the, that Madness could be uh, a monster, monster recruiting weekend for Kentucky. It often is, almost always is. Yeah, uh, I don't I don't guess I have much to add to that. I think uh... – you know, we were talking about uh, it'll be interesting to see who, how these wing prospects shake out, which ones. I'm kind of, I'm becoming more and more dubious that they're going to get Jalen Green. I feel like he might not even play college basketball from what people have said. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards, you, you can't take all, uh, you know, you, you're not going to get Terrence Clark, Brandon Boston, Jalen Green. And Josh Christopher, it just doesn't really make a ton of sense to me. Uh, I feel like, the, I mean, they could get three of those four maybe, but uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. How Who it are you out. to say, Kyle? Man, did I'm you Kyle did man. you see the did you see the the 2015 roster? They had no business <laughs> putting that roster together either. They also they did. didn't have four six five <laughs> guys that play the same. Yeah, it's just no, kind of right. spatial dissonance kind of rears its head at some point. So uh, we well, we I want to. But now I want to open, after I've rambled on about who's coming, I want to open up the floor to you to take a big old steamy dump on Big Blue Madness. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Times have changed, man. That's just kind of the what you know. Big Blue Madness. I remember when I was a kid back when I would watch it in the late '90s and early 2000s. I would tape the thing and like stay up late to watch it because it actually was late. And it the internet has just changed everything, you know. Because I remember back when I was a kid, there would be email threads where they'd be talking about players like Kenny Bruner and like uh, these just random dudes or uh, Byron Mouton. I remember hearing about him through an email chain uh, or the cat's paws, those big yearbooks. Uh, now we, we not, there be, there be situations where I, you literally hadn't laid eyes on a guy like, like uh, Jalen Green or Josh Christopher or Brandon Boston. Now we know who they are. We've heard them talk. We've seen full games of them with like the way YouTube is now. So I feel like uh, Big Blue Madness has been sort of rendered inert a little bit, like in its effectiveness and its uh, excite. Like it's a fun event. Uh, it's a it's a fun pep rally essentially. Uh, but the the scrimmage is basically just not not a scrimmage. It's not basketball. Yeah, I mean that's I would I would say I would agree with you that it's not what it was, and like it's all kind of the same now. It's you know like it's laser light show. You know, I guess the big excitement is whether or not they can actually get Drake to like be in the building or somebody yeah. famous to be in the building. But that doesn't do much for me. I'm an old man. I get that. But it doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm not sure it does a ton for the, even these recruits anymore. Um, also, also, can I – Can I, I've shared this with you. Uh, also, let me just say something about, about old Drakey, Drakey Poo. Uh, we're good. That's what I would say. I'm good. Not that yeah. I don't – you know, not that I'm <laughs> going to say, hey, stay away, but – kind of don't care anymore drake it's like yeah. you know you've been seen wearing all kinds of different garb and also i mean you know you didn't back up what you said so uh on on numerous occasions uh i just kind of free concert for students a lot of bitter people you and curtis both still very bitter about that cough cough concert for zion that's what that was let's call it for what it was yeah uh and you know that didn't happen so yeah i think i think it's uh i think it's fair to say that drake is a kentucky fan slash drake as a sports fan has a little bit jumped the shark and uh yeah i'm good i'm good as well on the on the drake factor um So, okay, we kind of agree that this thing has gotten stale. And that's, like, really not anybody's fault. It's just you do something ten times in a row. And and they've done it a lot more times in a row than that. But under Calipari, it's kind of, like, become this big extraordinary event with smoke and mirrors and, you know, all the light effects. But it all kind of eventually runs together as the same sort of thing. Calipari gives his teleprompted big tent revival speech with the exception of the 2015 year when he knew he was going to lay waste to everyone. And he did the, the mic drop. Um, every sound man in America cringed when he did that. Yeah. That was, yeah, was right. so proud of himself anyway. But, um, so if we agree that it maybe has gone stale, do you have, I have an idea for how they could maybe add some new excitement to it. Do you have one? Strippers. That's what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> Your <I think> laugh. <laughs> uh, You're an aristocrat from the 1600s. What is that? What that was, even was, was that? my uncomfortable pity laugh. And, oh, and whatever. Uh, Don't second, flip. Second, flip. second, uh, second episode in a row that I'm afraid that uh, you're going to get me fired from this job. Whatever. Um, you tried to flip it and say I'm unfunny. That's fine. Whatever. <laughs> you do you, man. You're la- You're. You're over here laughing like uh, Mozart from uh, Amadeus. Anyway, so uh, not, do I you mean, have an idea? 
No, not really. I think it kind of is what it is. Go to the blue-white game. That's what we were just talking about earlier. It's it's a much more interesting actual basketball event. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a better look at these guys. I think I don't. No. I really don't know what you can do to Big Blue Madness. You know, can't go more excess. I told you, Nate Sestina's dad uh, texted me and asked, like, if we're going to come to either that the Big Blue Madness or the Blue White game, which should we come to? And I said, well, if you want to see basketball, it's like not even a contest. I mean, and it always like kind of blows my mind. Like, people camp out and line up to go to Madness to see like smoke and mirrors. And like almost no basketball and what is supposed to be sort of the introduction to the team. And then like there will be 10,000 empty seats for the blue white game a week later, which is them actually like sort of practicing against each other, like somewhat of a real game where you can actually tell a a little something about the team. That always baffles me. If I was if I was going to show up to something, I'd want to watch them actually play in the blue-white scrimmage. but So that's what I told his dad. My idea for blue-white, I'm sorry, for Big Blue Madness, is put in the football stadium. And I know there's like a logistical nightmare because if it rains, you're hosed. But could you imagine like doing that on the Friday before like a football game, a home football game? It'd be wild. Like what kind of like event that would be? And you, you, and, and, you know, Cal Perry wants to like set all the records and, you know, gold standard and all that. Like, Set an all-time record for a madness event. Yeah. You know, put 60,000 people in there to watch them on a basketball court in the middle of the football field. I, I think it'd be cool, but it would be a huge risk. I don't know like what I don't know what your backup plan would be if there was bad weather because if 60,000 people had tickets, you obviously can't shove all of them into Rupp Arena at the last minute. So, But if they could find a way to make it work, that'd be cool. And that is – All we have time for in this segment, and we're going to have the shortest final segment in history right after this. All right, Jay Kyle, man, we're not going to talk for 11 more minutes and have another 37-minute podcast. No, we're not doing that. We'll update folks on DeMarcus Cousins. It's not good. Uh, Maybe more news. He may be in jail by the time people listen to this, but he... uh, there has been an arrest warrant issued for him. Domestic violence arrest warrant related to. Say that again. You yeah, you cut out there a little. Say that oh, again. There, a domestic violence uh, arrest warrant for uh, Demarcus Cousins, a misdemeanor, I believe, but related to that audio that we we heard come out over the weekend. His ex, his uh, the mother of his child, who he allegedly said. Uh, that he was going to put a bullet in her head because she wasn't going to let his son come to his wedding. Sounds like they're confident that it was him. So they're, uh, they have said, uh, Hey buddy, you're coming in. I was kind of making the joke earlier that, uh, you know, post ACL surgery, he should be easy to catch on foot. So unless he's uh, oh, in a vehicle, you know, I, I was just saying, make a couple quick lateral moves. You should be able to bring him down. Uh, <laughs> Just kidding. I've torn my ACL, so I, you know, we can do that. I'm in the club. Uh, it's not good, you know. Uh, we've said a lot about. We probably should talk about Darius Miller, right? Too. What do you think about that? Yeah, let's. Uh, we'll wait and see what happens with this cousin things, cousins thing. But it's bad, and um, we'll keep you posted on that. But uh, more bad news, just to send you off on another sour note. Uh, and I hate this one, uh, Darius Miller. You know, one of the real good guys that I've covered uh, a guy who was a multiple year starter and then Calipari got here and he took a back seat and you know was the sixth man on on the national championship team has carved out this 
pretty long NBA, well, pro career. He started in the NBA. He went to the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, lasted a couple years, then was out of the league, went overseas. And was it Germany? He won like multiple championships. Yeah, it was Jeremy. Pretty sure. And played really well, became a really, really good three-point shooter, um, and then came back to the NBA, and that's exactly what he is. I mean, at one point, uh, at one point, the first year he came back into the league a year or two ago, you know, like halfway through the season, he was one of the top five three-point shooters in the league, or something like that. He uh, he's been really efficient in the NBA. Around a forty percent guy, um, you know, is a great role player. Unfortunately, he has uh, ruptured his Achilles, I guess, and had surgery for that. So he's, I think he just got paid. Um, so hopefully, hopefully, I mean, I guess he will get all that money, right? Uh, it depends on the structure of the deal, but let I, me see. I would assume he's on like a veteran minimum kind of a situation, but I haven't looked at his deal, but you know, anymore. According to Spotrack, which I love cause it, it, it keeps, uh, all these contracts and tells you, what deals are worth in the future? He stands to make uh, get his career earnings up to twenty million dollars. I don't know about this current deal if it is guaranteed, how it's structured. But to the, to date, he's made almost six million dollars in the NBA. So good for good for Darius Miller, and I hope he gets the rest of his money, and I hope he can come back from that uh, Achilles. I I don't know what the math is or what the what the research is on how kind of role deep role players with an, uh, a catastrophic injury like that, if they come back very often into the league, I don't know. You know, he's 29 years old now, but uh, wish him all the best. He's a good dude. Yep. He's one of my favorite uh, UK players ever. Wish him the best. Not bad for a, a kid from uh, Mason County, right? $20 million. So Not not bad at all. Uh, let's, let's finally stop on time. We're at 30 minutes. We've rambled enough. We good have. luck to Darius Miller. And uh, we're off for the weekend. Enjoy, enjoy the football game, folks. Uh, let's quick, quickly, quickly. What is your, your score prediction for Saturday? Kentucky, Toledo. Uh, I think you know. I think it's going to be a typical early season kind of stoops game. I think that it's going to be annoying for probably two and a half quarters. Uh, Kentucky wears them out because they've got a size advantage. Uh, and I think that's going to rear its head. And Kentucky's depth also in the trenches. Uh, they'll just get tired. And I think Kentucky's going to uh, just wear them down and uh, go ahead by two touchdowns and win the game. I'm going to say 38-17. And that'll do it. Enjoy your football. It's uh, it's fall. It's time to, time to kick it off. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk to you soon. are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.